You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into the Juan Anguara podcast. Happy opening day to all those who celebrate, and Piper and I do. Got my socks gear here, Piper with the Cardinals hat. Uh, hope springs eternal, so uh, I am not disappointed yet in my team, and uh, Derek Piper rarely is disappointed in his team. Um, it's always nice to be a Cardinals fan because you have reason to be optimistic. You know it's probably going to be a pretty good season, but you guys, uh, kind of like Illinois basketball, Derek, you, you want to take it to another level. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. I think also our good friend Joey Wagner with his rumblings and grumblings about the Packers, and we sit back there as Bears fans and say, dude, your your life's not that bad. It's okay. You go to the playoffs every year. I get it. I'm spoiled in the baseball section of things. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking for an extended run in the postseason, and I think we've had one NLCS appearance in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. So uh, it's been a while, but I, I get it. A lot of fans would, would trade places with me for sure. And uh, I'm excited for Jordan Walker Day. Happy Jordan Walker Day to, to you and yours. And uh, let's get it going for baseball around the country. I'm excited for Jordan Walker Day. And I'm not even a Cardinals fan. Whenever this kind of prospect comes up, uh, it's awesome to see. And it's awesome to see that he's not being held down for two weeks <laughs> before he comes back. So I like that part of uh, Major League Baseball. We altered that rule a little bit. But that's not why you showed up to this podcast. We got a lot going on, Derek Piper about Illinois basketball because there is no offseason, as Bill Belichick likes to say, no days off. Uh, Derek Piper, you know that well. So how is the portal in the offseason treating you so far? Uh, it's, it's survival mode. It's exhausting. I don't know how Brad Underwood and his staff do it. The fact that a number of guys hit the portal on a daily basis and trying to keep track of who's involved where and, and who's a realistic option and do some of these guys already have predetermined destinations? I think that's something that we've seen more and more of as the years have gone on with the portal is a guy might hit the the open market, but he might already have a school in mind of where he's going to go, or maybe it's a handful of schools. So uh, it's really on the staffs to try to do the, the research and the ear to the ground stuff. And you start to hear some buzz throughout the season of all oh, this guy might be looking around after, after the season and all that. So, uh, the work that I do as far as digging into the information and, and who Illinois is involved with, it, it pales in comparison to what the staff does. But it is it is a lot. I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there, and it's exciting. Look, I mean, the fact of you know, years past, four or five years ago, it might be a little bit more of a, you know, these handful of grad transfers are out there, and there's maybe one or two guys that leave, and it's a lot different. Now it's uh, a lot more of that fluctuation, transition. Some people hate it, and I understand but also there's a lot of opportunity out there in the portal. And as we know, Illinois has shown that they can go out and get dudes. Yeah. The, the portal giveth and it taketh. Uh, and 
Anybody, I just saw somebody on our message board, T. Scott, just went through a, a depth chart with the eight guys who are currently on the road. And I'm like, don't do this to yourself. Like, let's do this exercise in a month when we know what's actually going on, when we know who's on this roster, uh, who's coming in, who's heading out, because we still probably uh, could see some attrition on this roster. I'll, I'll talk to you here about that, Derek. But um, before we get to that, uh, Andre Cabell in the portal is being reported now and AJ store doesn't list Illinois among his options. So a former Illini commit that went to St. John's uh, doesn't have Illinois on his list just to put that out there. But the biggest news, of course, Derek, not that it's shocking the way the season ended. We could read the body language. Heck we could read the tweets around the people surrounding him. Jaden Epps heads to the transfer portal. I'll just open up the floor to you, your reaction to that and what it means for Illinois. Significant loss, disappointing for a guy that looked like a foundational piece, someone that could be an all Big Ten caliber guard throughout his career. I know that we talked on previous podcasts, even as early as next season, the type of numbers that Jaden Epps could potentially put up in that backcourt. And of course, it would depend on who you bring in. If a guy like Terrence Shannon were to return, Coleman Hawkins, uh, that could affect what his volume would be. But just in general, someone that had a pretty darn good freshman season. I know it tailed off there late. I know the concussion when he was having to be hospitalized overnight and didn't play a whole lot in the postseason play, whether it was Penn State in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. But I know the three-point shooting lacked. He shot 25% from three in Big Ten play. But, look, you could I could come up with a number of guys, freshmen, that in their first season in high major basketball, especially those playing major minutes, that didn't shoot the best percentage from three. I think that he's a very capable three-point shooter, not a knockdown guy, not a, a 40% guy maybe, at least at this stage, but someone that's capable and a better shooter than he showed late. Loved his ability to get to the rim. Is he more of a scoring guard than a pure point guard? Absolutely. And Illinois was always going to go out and get a point guard in the portal, whether Epps was here or not. I think the fit with him was something that I was really curious to see how they would go about that, how Jaden might approach that, because I think that he thinks of himself as a point guard, but there's no doubt that the tea leaves were there. The signs were there as the season went on. He wore some some visible frustrations. Uh, there was questions about that Northwestern game at home. I know Mike's talked about that, just you know his, his body language on the bench and everything. And uh, some of the exchanges, like Brad was tough on him. Yeah. I think Brad was, was tough. Not that it was across the line or anything, but uh, it's interesting how gambling or doubling down on we're going with these freshman point guards – number one, hurt Illinois, uh, and and put these guys – Number, it, it's kind of that, that give and take because you got a lot of opportunity on Jaden's plate. Some people are going to look and say, 25 minutes a game, what more could he want? But also, when the struggles are there, then some of that is amplified. Some of the, the critiques are amplified. And, yeah, the his camp made it clear that they didn't love the way that, that Brad coached him, and it's not for everybody. And yeah. You can take sides on it. You can say the kid's soft. You can say the, the coach is crazy. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Yeah, usually it's somewhere uh, in the middle. Um, this this point guard situation completely backfired on right? Like, it is – Mike said it the other day on the podcast. Uh, your guard play was not good enough to, to win. I think the other parts of your team – were good enough, Derek, to potentially have a run. Of course, Matthew Meyer did not shoot well when he needed to shoot well. R.J. Melendez did not shoot like he was expected to shoot. And Luke Goody was hurt most of the year, so the shooting part of it hurt. But, I mean, Matthew Meyer was what you hoped he would be over the entire season. Terrence Shannon, I think, was probably better than what you thought he would be during the entire season. I know Coleman Hawkins was up and down, but him and Dane Danger were a front court that 
you can advance with, I think. So, um, but guard play really held them back. Shooting was a part of that as well. And then you don't get the upside of it, Derek, of getting them back for a year. And that's why I thought continuity was so important. And when you lose Sky Clark in January, it didn't even last that long. Uh, and then you lose Jaden Epps at the end of the year. That plan completely backfired. So what what is the reaction now to it for Brad Underwood? Um, especially, I mean, you mentioned the way he coaches guys. Like, I'm fine with a coach getting on somebody. Jaden Epps made some big mistakes, as you would expect from freshman. Like, go back and watch some of that film defensively. His decision-making in some of those games late uh, hurt you at times. So I understand why he'd get on them, but you also have to know your players. And you also have to have, I think, the Tom Izzo relationship where – you can get on those guys, but they also know you love them. So uh, I, I find both of those things fascinating for Brad Underwood moving forward is what does he get at point guard now moving forward? And, you know, how does he kind of balance this? I'm fine with coach getting on people. You have to when they, they make mistakes, but you also have to have that that strong relationship with them. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we saw in the previous regime with John Gross, he wasn't a guy that Got on dudes, at least as far as we could tell, as nearly as much. But then you there was no questions. accountability. Yeah, questions <laughs> accountability, and Brad is definitely going to hold guys accountable. Try to have uh, that toughness DNA, and, and he's going to push push people. And sometimes it's not for them, but it was fine for Iodasumu. It was fine for Kofi, Trent Frazier. There have been many that it's resonated with, and, and they've welcomed even being pushed. So, um, yeah, like late in the game against Indiana when Jaden breaks off a play and, and goes to the rim and dribbles it off his leg, you're going to expect to hear from a coach in, in that type of a sense when that happens. So um, I, I agree on the other end, though. I think Brad – and I think he's he's done this, and it's part of the psychological part of being a head coach is what works for certain guys, what doesn't. I think we've seen through the years sometimes he gets on others more than, than some that he maybe even – doesn't need to get on or just doesn't feel like that's going to work for them. So um, I don't know. It's a yeah. tough thing. And I do want to mention, like, he changed the way he approached this team, right? Like, yeah. he, he called them out after the Penn State game. They didn't respond to it. And he, he acted a little bit differently. He's going to have his, you know, he's, he's going to be Brad Underwood. I don't think he, he should change who he is completely because it's worked for him, right? But uh, with this this example of it, I know there's a huge debate with the fan base right now, but you got to get guys. Uh, and, and this is maybe the bigger question, Derek. We can get into uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna add high school kids nowadays, um, you got to get guys who are completely bought into this. Like you got to get guys who are. And I don't know how you find that out. Like I figure Ty Rogers is like that, but I mean, do we know that for sure? Like a year after, um, or, or when you're recruiting him, Sincere Harris seems like that guy. But I know people have questions: Is he going to stick around? Like. Those are the kind of guys I think fit that bill, but it's just you never know, I would imagine. Yeah, I think there are some that you feel pretty good about it with like a Luke Goody, Ty Rogers. Um, yeah, I think Sincere is someone that you would hope is is bought in. And he definitely, in terms of his role, I don't think Sincere had any gripes about, hey, I I didn't get a ton of shots or, you know, I was fine playing a, a, a lot of defense this year and going with energy and everything. But then again, he – exceeded expectations of a lot of people and then going forward he probably thinks of himself as someone that deserves another step forward or at least the opportunity to earn that so that's kind of how you you go into every offseason and you assume that probably there's a handful that that you can already pencil in that are back and then maybe some others it depends on who you add and what their role looks like and sometimes you you miss on a or just someone doesn't 
understand what it's like until they go through it. Yeah. Like you might have someone that you recruit and say, man, this guy's tough as nails and is going to be all, all in on us and everything and, and then go through it. And it, it's different. It's different when you actually experience it. So, and you made um, this point, Derek, the expectations of top 75 guys is I'm going to be the guy right away. Yes. And you know, they've succeeded all their life and maybe it's not just the kid or the young man. It's the people around him, um, you know, that just expect him to come in and, and play against 22, 23 year old transfers as well as they did against high school prospects. And I think a guy like Ty Rogers, especially this year, like you talked to him throughout the season, he understood the process. He understood like this wasn't going to happen overnight. Uh, that's, that seems like it, it can be pretty rare for a guy as highly recruited as Ty Rogers. Not that he sh- didn't struggle with that or whatever, but he seemed to understand it and take it in stride. Um, not all guys are, are, are built like that. And you know, when you're, Illinois was going to recruit a guard, whether Jaden Epps was here or not, and that would have been interesting to see um, who they get, how Jaden would respond to that. Um, because, listen, the, these kids have the ability now to transfer whenever they want, and I'm for that. But now you can also get over-recruited immediately, and coaches should do that because they can't count on anybody being there for multiple years. They have to look at their roster year by year, which is really that tough two-way part of it is we want continuity ideally you'd like to bring in some freshmen that would stay for a couple of years and then you you can have that traditional maturation and piece that together with transfers but and at the same time like you said if if there's a wing that you really want to go get then if you have a, a young guy on the perimeter maybe he doesn't have that okay as a freshman this guy left this guy left it's supposed to be my turn now oh wait they bring in this guy I'm, I'm getting out of here so uh, that's the new dynamic of it. And the staff doesn't want to be, just like many, held hostage to the fact of, you know, we recruited these guys. We can't go out and get people. I think that there was that with the point guard situation. They tried to toe the line of we're going to be in win-now mode. We're going to go out and get Terrence Shannon. We're going to go out and get Matthew Meyer. We're going to have returnees that we feel really, really good about. And at, at point guard, we have two that we hope can click as, as time goes on, it was really all, again, people are tired of hearing about it. It was, it was all about March. It was all about getting those guys amped up, ready, the experience. And by the time that you got to the tournament, they would hopefully be ready. But it was a gamble. And it, it definitely backfired based on the way that Sky left and struggled. Epps now gone. And he had his, his limitations as a freshman. But, yeah, the payoff was supposed to be, regardless of how the season went, that you'd get – those guys back at or least one. one yes at least one you'd have two guys like that's what i kept saying was throughout the offseason you get two of them so if one of them doesn't work out and i thought it would be sky because of the injury more than anything you had another one but now you have neither of them yes so i think that i mean the obvious is brad never wants to be this reliant on freshman ball handlers ever again and i think that I'd be very interested, and we'll never know this, but what if Courtney Ramey came in or what if a different point guard came in and say Sky still leaves and Jaden is in a little bit more of a backup role and and doesn't have the same type of pressure on him to deliver this year, how would that have gone? I I don't know. I think that's an interesting – Because Brad had to be hard on him because he needed him ready for March. Right, because yeah. you're our guy, and and yeah. the, then there's that whole like. To be honest with you, like the Adam Miller one and this one are my the hard ones for me because it's like you are a part of a successful team. You played a huge role on that team, uh, yet it wasn't wasn't enough. Now, of course, 
they want to find happiness elsewhere and, and they're allowed to do that. And I'm fine with them doing that. But like from the outside, it's harder to, to kind of rationalize that compared to like a Brandon Podjimski who just wanted to play and it really worked out for him or Andre Curbelo who decided I want to go, you know, I need a fresh start, right? Like those are really understandable. Um, this one, I struggled a little bit more just in the basketball side of things. Yeah, for sure. On paper, you were scratching your head. Why would someone that played 25 minutes, that got handed the keys in the middle of the season and seemed to really do well with it, like for that stretch from, from bragging rights through middle of February, looked pretty darn good. I, well, it looked, like, it looked, like, it looked like the top building block of, of yeah. the future of this program. Yeah, 12 of 15 games at one point, double-figure score, the performance at Iowa – Saw, sat back there, you know, 16 points, five assists, no turnovers, and a high-intensity rivalry game on the road. Like, just wait till this dude's a sophomore, junior, and yeah. unfortunately you don't get to see that. That's the unfortunate part as I sit back and think about it is that you don't – the the Trent Frazier examples, there are, are obviously others to see the full, like, career arc of a guy in college. And that, that's what sucks for the fans, and that's why a lot of fans hate the portal because they can't latch on to a certain player – you go out and buy a, a player's jersey, and they might be gone the next year. Like it's, I would not buy the, the freshman jerseys. To be honest, with you. I I would buy the all time great. Buy an IO jersey, buy a Kofi jersey. I would buy an Andres Felice jersey if I were an Illini. Yeah, like, right. Like that's that's what you go. With. That's kind of what I do with if I want to buy a White Sox jersey. I go. I don't know if that guy's gonna be here. Like, or I could buy a Yohan Moncada, and he doesn't work out as well as I thought. Buy buy the all time greats. But the, the fact of like. Now it's to the point you could always risk that in the pros. Like if you bought an NFL jersey, I used to joke with my brother, like he'd whatever jersey he'd buy, the guy would get traded the next year. <laughs> and uh, it's to a different level now. It, there's more movement in college yeah. than there are at the pro level. So there's even a, a higher likelihood, especially if it's a guy that hasn't transferred before, you get their jersey, yeah. they might not be here. So um, I, I thought that one of the cool things, of course, expectations were there. We wanted to see what the team would do. At the, at the end of the line, but one of the fun parts I thought for the fans or even just covering some new guys was just the the progression through a season of this freshman. Like, what was the game going to be like, the the light bulb comes on game for, for Ty Rogers or, or for Jaden Epps, and, and how was that going to set them up to be building blocks for the future? Like, Jaden Epps at Madison Square Garden against Texas. That was a huge moment to come up in the clutch in that game to overtime. Iowa, uh, unfortunately, don't get to build upon that going forward. But kind of to circle back with what you said, I think that to get a transfer point guard uh, that has a lot of experience, that can mm -hmm. set up others, be more of a pure playmaker, that's something they'll look for. And I, I just think in general, there is also a lot of appeal, big picture, to get transfers that have multi-year eligibility, yeah. like to look what – Brad has loved up on Texas's roster. No, that's not because he was going to Texas, uh, but because like Marcus Carr, uh, Dylan DeSue, uh, Timmy Allen, he guys that they brought in at Texas that had multi-year, so that they also had the let's go hunt in the portal. But those guys are going to stay for a few years. Tyrese Hunter, another one. Um, yeah, here's just to wrap up the Jade Nepps conversation. Um, he's a loss. He's a significant loss. And doesn't mean they can't go find somebody who can replace that production. But I think there's a lot of value in keeping guys who know the system, know the coaches, know what you're doing. Uh, and for the fan base, I agree. It's a lot more fun to watch those guys kind of come through. But whether it's Georgetown or NC State, they're getting a good player. 
not a not a perfect player by any means. I thought defensively he was better than I thought, but he still made some mistakes. He needs to improve a lot consistently as a shooter. Uh, needs to improve as a facilitator because I do think he's an undersized two guard. But we saw the makings of a player that could be one of the best players in all Big Ten player uh, for, for Jaden Epps. And to lose that uh, is painful because it was such a big recruiting win. You saw what he could be, um, and you lost him. So uh, that stinks for Illinois. You lost Brandon Lieb. Not a shocker. I am sad that Lieb's season is officially over. But I think we were wondering when this would happen. I, I feel like Brandon Lieb is kind of a throwback, Derek. Kind of the last vestige of the late prep recruiting edition. The guy who kind of in the spring of his senior year uh, has some flashes and a bunch of power five schools take a chance on a guy that probably was a mid-major recruit at the time. Um, but a fantastic kid, program guy, you know, made an impact against Minnesota, played some spot minutes, uh, but not surprising. Go go find a role at, at a lower level, Brandon, and, and find a spot to start. Yeah, you said it there, like the trend was four or five years ago was if you had a spot available in the spring, take a guy that's a fringe, you know, probably like you said, probably a mid-major guy and see if he works. Take a project, take a Latiz Vasile, take a Greggy Boyd Bedeen. Anthony like, Higgs. Anthony Higgs. Like take somebody that's got whatever reason it isn't the the surefire high major guy and see if you can develop him over a course of handful of seasons and, and to Leib's credit he has gotten better like what he showed this year was by far and away his best as a, a line 16 appearances this season the Minnesota game to come in when Illinois had foul trouble even the Ohio State game like he he blocked a future NBA first round pick in Bryce Sensabaugh right. uh, that that was good for him but yeah he's still got two years of eligibility left and you include the COVID year go somewhere play use your experience as far as practicing it at Illinois uh, you've got some game experience now a little bit more the dude went up against Kofi for two years in practice like if you put a, a an ad around campus was like we're gonna study this new anti-anxiety medicine and we're gonna put you in a pit of snakes or you can guard <laughs> Kofi every day for a year like people would sa- sign up for the pit of snakes because you would be beat to crap every day and you got to give leaps and cra- you need somebody like that like I know that even me I'll, I'll look at and say like was Lee ever going to help you? I I was very skeptical of that, yeah. you know, throughout his time here. But you do need someone that is willing to, to go and practice and, and see if he can develop. It was one of those situations. It was a, a weird time in recruiting. COVID had just happened. He had low major offers after his senior year. And teams couldn't get out and recruit. The one-time transfer hadn't went through. And teams couldn't evaluate, so they just said, "We got a spot. Let's yeah. let's take somebody. Let's let's take a known guy that we can go get." So it was Illinois, it was Utah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, yeah. Paul, and uh, that was a Chin Coleman recruit, which the, the best of Brandon, and seemed like a great kid. And yeah. yeah, got three years of an Illinois education. Yeah, these are not the the surprises of the transfer portal, right? Like no one was shocked by this, but uh, love talking to the kid. Um, and wish him nothing but the best. It'd be cool if uh, 
he goes to like Missouri Valley School or something like that. I think he could do really, really well there. Uh, by the way, I would I would still mark me down for playing against Kofi. Uh, he's a lot nicer, I think, than most snakes. So I'm going to go with <laughs> playing against Kofi. But maybe That's I should true. maybe I should talk to Lieb and, and Bossman's Verdonk uh, about After that. he dunked on you, he'd probably at least help you out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or at least he'd smile at me, not yeah. bite me or hiss at me. Uh, Dane Danger decides to return. Derek, there's a little bit of question towards the end of the season we'd heard we'd heard some buzz that he could be potentially looking around of course um this would be a second transfer um so for him a guy like andre curbelo uh, are they gonna be eligible right away we'll see what the ncaa does with that i think curbelo has a chance because his coach changed of course but uh what do you make of dane danger returning and, and what do you expect out of him in his second full season of playing college basketball i think all in all he had a pretty darn solid year definitely exceeded expectations i know that from where he was early February. I still remember our post-game podcast after the Rutgers game where he outplayed Cliff Amore, who's considered one of the top five big men in, in the Big Ten. It's like, well, man, where's has Dane arrived in, in that type of a range? But uh, didn't finish that well for him. Uh, he did. It was another guy that you wondered based on body language, frustrations, uh, lost some of his minutes down the stretch, what where his mind would be at. But, of course, the multiple transfer rules that ultimately came down as far as you can't use coaching change, which obviously there wasn't one here, but uh, they're very strict and stringent on, at least they say they're going to be the NCAA on, a, on multiple transfers in terms of eligibility. I'm not saying that he was out the door. There just was buzz as far as him possibly becoming available, but going forward, I think it's uh, a really nice piece to still have for theoretically uh, eligibility wise, two more years in your front court. I think there's a lot he can learn from playing his first full season in college basketball, just like we've talked about before, like knowing when to try to be a little fancy with your moves and when to yeah. just power dribble a guy and go up. And I think that he does have really good touch around the basket. He's, he is skilled. Uh, will the jump shot ever be there from like 15 feet? I'm not sure. I, I don't know that it will. I, I think does he the, need the free it? throw. Does he need <laughs> it? Like that I, free throws is more important to me than, like yeah. an active because like, we can't spend so much time talking about Kofi Coburn getting a mid-range I don't want Kofi Coburn shooting a mid-range jumper I don't want anybody shooting a mid-range jumper at somebody like Terrence Shannon right like yeah. or RJ Melendez or something like that I do not need my big man who's not a good shooter as, as, as a free throw shooter let's make free throws first if he makes if he makes a leap to like 60 65 percent that's huge because he draws a bunch of fouls and, and if if he's he's going to be one of the top offensive players on this team, he needs to make free throws. Yeah, for sure. You want him bringing the ball up like they no. talked about back in the offseason? No, because I want a point guard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what an actual but, uh, point yeah, guard. I think when I – it'll be interesting to see what scheme they run next year, I think, with a, a pure point guard, a lot more ball screen. I, I, I do think about Dane, like, in that pinch post. Without the ability to just catch and shoot from there, you wonder if that's really the, the most ideal position for him. But – Someone you can feed it onto the, you know, into the block and, and be able to get some points. I think he does. I think Latulip has has been dead on with his drop coverage. Like it was at one point, it was very good, good length, uh, was in good positions. Uh, late in the year, he just like literally just kind of just floated back into the the rim area and did not show yeah. that well on the guard uh, and just kind of got caught in no man's land too many times. So. Those are things that he can learn and they can rep in the offseason. I think he can be a nice piece. I know that Illinois is, regardless of what Coleman Hawkins wants to do, is I think especially if he leaves, they definitely want another front court piece. But even if he does come back and they're interested in another five-man, uh, how you can sell that with 
Dane being there with Coleman coming back with Hansberry coming in. I think that's interesting. Like Virginia, Caden Shedrick just coming available, a legit shot blocker. And I know he was a guy you really liked out there in Vegas, had a great game against Baylor, 17 points, and then played well against Illinois too. They're, that's a guy they have a legit interest in. Can they sell him on it with yeah. Dane there? And like I just said, with the other factors, that's that'll be something that we'll have to see. Yeah, I want to break down a bunch of transfer portal options. So uh, anybody listening, we will get to that. And anybody on our live YouTube, give us a like, subscribe to us. We really appreciate you guys. We'll get to some of your comments and questions later on. I'm starring them as we go through. Uh, you mentioned Coleman Hawkins, who declared for the NBA draft there. I find his decision fascinating. He is one of those guys who could be a potential second-round draft pick, or he could return and, I think, really boost his stock. Like, I... We can talk about Terrence Shannon in a moment. I don't know how much Terrence Shannon can boost his stock. Um, it's a weaker draft class next year, so maybe. But, you know, he's an older guy. I know Coleman's getting towards the older, but Coleman's 21 right now. Uh, Terrence is 23, I believe. So uh, Coleman's got a chance, I think, to really up his stock. But I do think he, he's got a skill set that will interest people. Uh, but I don't know if he had the kind of year that's going to make him a guaranteed top 40, top 45 pick to get a guaranteed contract. So I do find it interesting what he told our guy, John Rostein, you want to call him that. Um, he said, I want to see what kind of roster I'm coming back to, which time's out, right? You have a, you have a month here before he has to make an, a month and a half before he's got to make an ultimate decision mid May, uh, late May when he's got to decide whether he's coming back to school or staying in the draft. Um, so he gets to see what, what Illinois is, is bringing in. And I don't blame him because if I'm Coleman Hawkins, I don't want to come back to a complete rebuild situation. I don't think it'll be that. I think Illinois is going to get talent. But uh, what do you make of his decision-making process? Number one, Coleman's always going to tell you what he what's on his mind. A lot of I people are it. thinking it. <laughs> Coleman's actually – yeah, I know. Coleman's actually going to say it. Um, I think that – I agree with you. It's going to really depend on what he's told – from the next level and, and as you see the way that he's trended on some of these mock drafts Sam Vecini Jonathan Gavoni he's dropped from where he was earlier during the middle of the season where he was an early second round pick maybe now middle of the second round I know Vecini there in the 50s and there's a lot of uncertainty about what that path would look like whether can you get a two-way in that spot would it be just you go into a summer league and there's not a lot of guarantees and I think Coleman is going to make a as far as I can tell, a smart decision and at least uh, an informed one. I think that Kofi, not to, to rag on Kofi, I think he had pretty well made up his mind that he was going to go, and I think this will be more feedback-based. While I have gotten the sense that I think Coleman wants to go, and I think most people, I mean, that's their dream, to play in the NBA, to play professionally, get paid to play basketball. I think a lot of people that go through this process, they lean towards, if given the opportunity, I want to go. I think Coleman is in that, but uh, there is quite a bit to be gained, I think, yeah. from coming back because I think Coleman's a different third-year guy than a lot of people. Like Someone like Terrence Shannon has been a starter his entire career. Like Coleman just now got that this year. I know he started a little bit the year before that, but to play more of a primary role, uh, there, there's, there's growth points that can be gained from that versus someone that – Maybe as, as a junior that's been a three-year starter, you kind of are who you are. I, I wonder about, about Terrence. I wonder that if ter they're going to look at Terrence and say, you're an older guy. You didn't catch and shoot as well this year because you played more uh, with the ball in your hands. Uh, we know that you can attack the rim with athleticism. Uh, are there things that he can clean up? Absolutely. But I think Coleman's one of those where maybe he can find a little bit more consistency. I know Brad chuckles anytime he gets asked a, a consistency question with Coleman in a press conference, but – 
Uh, I think just shooting the three at a little bit of a yeah. higher rate, 28% from the college line is going to be a big red flag at the NBA. Uh, I think that – Yeah, if they have if questions be, about Iowa as a shooter, they're going to have huge questions about Coleman as a shooter. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know as far as playmaking on the perimeter. Can he pass? Yeah. Does he make some bad decisions? That needs to get cleaned up? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but pick and pop – if he could be a pick and pop five man – at the at the next level or, or four or five whatever that would really complement his defensive versatility which we never have any questions about that's a big it's the biggest reason why they love him because there's so much switching in the nba you can pretty much guard anybody yeah let, let's have the terrence shannon conversation let's be honest reasonably does not make sense if he is a top 40 guy if he's told he's a top 40 guy those guys i know first round picks get guaranteed contracts second round picks are not guaranteed top 10 to 15 second round picks now are getting guaranteed contracts because they're so cheap and teams lock them in and you get a good deal like Io DeSumo for a couple years right um so if he's a top 40 pick he's gonna get a guaranteed contract maybe he has to go to the G League for a little bit but he's still gonna probably make really good money if he's a two-way player he's not guaranteed that contract but that's a $500,000 deal so um he can make a lot of NIL money because he's worth a ton to Illinois uh, he might be worth more to Illinois than he would be to an NBA team right now. Um, and he could be one of the best guards in college basketball. And if he has better guards around him, Derek, maybe he can showcase his skill a little bit more. But still, for a guy who's 23 years old, how much more can, can he gain from that? So that's why I'm still skeptical. I would go all out for Terrence Shannon. I would pay a high price. Uh, if I'm the icon collective for Terrence Shannon, if I were Brad Underwood, I didn't, I'd encourage the collective to, to spend a lot of money for him, but does it make sense for him? You said it. If he's an early second round pick, you compare it to what the deal IO got two years, what 1.1, 1.2 million dollars a year. How, how do you compete with that NIL wise? And, and how do you tell Terrence if that's what's on the table for him? That he should come back. I, I don't think you would. I don't think he would come back. And that's a positive for you to get him drafted, especially when yeah. you're going out to the transfer portal, right? For sure. A guy that wasn't sure, certain to be drafted last year comes into your program, gets to be a, a big piece, and then gets that guaranteed contract if that is what is ultimately in store for him. But he is being projected ESPN, the athletic, early second round, top 40 type pick. I have a hard time. I, I think that Terrence – always was dead set on coming in one year out i'm not saying i think he is based on the buzz that i hear he is open-minded as far as what it could look like if based on the feedback if he's not where he wants to be that coming back is something he'd legitimately consider and yes i think there would be a lot of money on the table for him it is a different conversation if you're talking two-way contract like you said five hundred thousand dollars i think illinois could go beyond that in nil it'd also be more of a guarantee and there are some things he can work on but at the same time there are like even Io DeSumo coming back, I know that he was mocked in the first round and, and some like Sam Vecini thought he was a, a late first round pick. He fell unexpectedly. Like how much better was his stock at the end of the day after another right. year at Illinois, an all American season, shot the three better. He was viewed as, Hey, he's an older guy. There's some things that he, he's not a pure point guard. I think with, with Terrence, you're going to see some, some things in terms of off the dribble that they might question. It'd be great if you could get him back. I think his value is tremendous. Like not only because he'd be one of the best guards in the country, but because of like the continuity piece. I think he could maybe really dig into the leadership standpoint yep. if he could do that and, and really just have even more of a, a vested interest in sweat equity in Illinois. Um, he's a beast. So I'd like to get him back. 
yeah, he ain't perfect, but boy, he's really good. <laughs> he's really good, and he was a big reason you made the NCAA tournament. Uh, haven't heard anyone else. We've heard Lieb. We've heard Epps. What do you expect for the timing of this? I mean, do we hear like you know what I mean? Like this is this is kind of a tricky subject because it's you know guys can make decisions. Pods made it later in the spring. Um, so what do you kind of expect to moving forward, Derek, with the rest of the roster? All I know is if anybody does it during the Cardinals game, <laughs> I will be very upset, and I will uh, be hiding from an emergency podcast. No, I'll I'll, I'll oblige, but uh, I think that. We'll have a couple of guys that are going to wait and see. That's my 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 gut read. Kind of what I've I've heard is you're going to have a couple of guys wait and see, similar to Pods, uh, even let's be honest, similar to Coleman last year, who admittedly said, "I'm waiting and seeing how how this thing goes with the roster makeup." Uh, yeah, because they were they were going after Nance and Meyer at the same time, yeah. right? Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, I think I think Sincere is one of those. I, I think Sincere Harris wants to see what guards they bring in because they are being aggressive. They're going after a number of guys. Of course, they want shooting. Um, I, I think that a lot of people, fans, really want to see Sincere back. This, the staff wants Sincere back. Uh, and I think there's a lot of, of value in having someone that can be that gritty defender. I, I still like his upside quite a bit. I think if you yeah. work on his finishing around the basket, get stronger, work on his shot that's not broke by any means. And those free throws were, were pretty bad, but his three was was capable. It's just how he sees his role at Illinois when more of the dust settles in the portal. I think that you could you could include a couple of guys in there. Um, we might hear maybe you know one or two as far as we haven't heard anything from Ty Rogers. I don't know if he's going to come out with a I'm staying. I, I expect him to stay. Uh, I know Luke Goody when we had him on the radio kind of just laughed at the fact of do we really have to recommit to the program we're in like. It's kind of where we are. It is kind of where we are. So maybe we'll get that from Ty. If that if that's something he's holding out on, it's going to really make fans nervous. But I, I expect him back. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take some time though for some till we really know. Like, I don't yeah. think you can say even as the the portal pursuits go forward, it's not like hey, in a week we'll know all the guys that are staying for sure and all the guys that are out the door. I think it'll it'll take some time. And look, some guys should have that ability to say. I'll wait and see how it turns out. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Derek. Before we get into some of the transfer portal options, Joey did a great job catching up with Brad Underwood uh, and talking about how you build a roster now. Um, Last year, I think, was an example of him trying to thread the needle, right? Let's stay good so we can continue to make NCAA tournaments, 
chase the Big Ten, which they were in the Big Ten title race until the final week of the season, uh, and, and potentially make a run in March, right? And and it didn't work out completely, but it didn't fail. But he also got a bunch of high school kids who were really talented and wanted to build through high school. He kept saying that. Kept saying that. He changed his tone a little bit talking with Joey. Uh, so how do you think this past year impacts kind of how Brad Underwood approaches just building a roster in the transfer portal era? A lot. I think probably a lot in terms of constructing the roster, what it needs to look like with, with veterans at key spots. As we talked about, ball handling is something I think they'll always want a veteran in that position. I think chemistry is something they're going to try to evaluate as much as you possibly can in the portal and what motivates guys and, and how guys are in the locker room and, and, and that whole kind of deal, um, how they vibe with with Brad, as much as you can get gather from that. I mean, to an extent, it's there's so much limitation uh, with a month or less of relationship building and, and trying to put in the calls on, on certain guys. But I think that's something that's going to be a big factor. And it, it's tough because I think that on one standpoint, you'd wonder if, what if Brad would have went the Izzo route I, I still think Izzo was wrong for not going and getting the big man. I think he capped his team ceiling. Not that they, they played great against Kansas yes. State. Credit to them. What if he went and said, if you take away some of the, uh, the outside factors that Epps to be said, Jaden Epps, you're my guy. At, at, you're going to be a starting guard regardless. Um, and, and went around and said, hey, I, I don't want to recruit over certain guys because I want to make this more of a, of a two-year plan versus a one-year plan. I, I think there is, though, a lot of pressure – to win every year, to be competitive every year. Not only pressure, but that's what Brad wants. Brad wants a chance to to win every year, and the portal affords you that ability to, to stack up your roster. So uh, I don't think we'll ever see a team that has some question marks about shooting again. I think he's going to make sure that that is taken care of, and a, and, a, and a guard as well. So And like I mentioned earlier, I don't think – I think recruiting class will probably be smaller – four-man recruiting class, especially with four all expected to play and help you. And really five if you include Moretti and actually six if you include uh, Zachary Perrine. You're not going to see that again, I don't think. So that'll be different. I think it'll be smaller classes, more portal reliance, which I know makes some people antsy or just have a little angst because we saw when you were leaning in on the portal this year, the chemistry never came together and, and just – yeah. That's something that you would hope would be better going forward. But maybe multi-year transfers. I know there's an interest in, in those of trying to build something that lasts two years, maybe three years. So there, are, I think there are a number of different ways to go about it differently. And something to say that they were, I don't know, that, that they were dumb in what they did this past year. Right. But some things backfired. They learned some things. This was a, a probably the – Brad hasn't said it flat out, but I think that he probably learned more this year than any yeah. other year at Illinois. Yeah, and I think moving forward, just to kind of hit on your point, I think moving forward, you're going to turn over at least half your roster almost every year. I think that's we've seen it with Indiana. We're seeing it with a bunch of programs across the country. Michigan State was kind of the rarity, right, where they get almost everybody back. Um, and it certainly worked for them late in the season. Um, but they had a talent ceiling, right? So Brad Underwood wants to win Big Ten championships and advance in the tournament and potentially win a national championship, go to a Final Four. Uh, so I think he's going to continue to try and add as much talent as, as possible. But if you're going to if you're going to add six guys every year, I'd split it down the middle there: three high school guys, three prep guys, or three uh, transfer guys. I, I think that's 
probably a, a thing that could work for you, especially if they're multi-year guys. I think that would uh, help Illinois a lot. Um, all right, let's break down some transfer portal options, Derek, shall we? Um, lead guard has to be the number one priority here. Latulip said he wants a mid-major guard who's a proven bucket getter. Uh, you got anybody that fits the bill there? Jameer Nelson Jr. from Delaware, son of former awesome St. Joe's point guard and then a long-tenured NBA guy. Uh, he averaged about 20 points a game last year, explosive, six foot one, really gets to the rim well. Not the, the best three-point shooter, but a, a capable one. And I know Illinois likes him a lot. He's considered one of the top five. I know the, the transfer portal rankings for 24-7 are, are updating constantly, but he's someone that, that fits in the mold of, of kind of that low to mid-major guy. He has moved twice, or he, this would be a second move. He's gone from George Washington to then Delaware, but as far as I understand it, he's a grad transfer, so he would that supersedes if anybody's question, oh, if someone's going to move for a second time but they're a grad, the grad transfer is supposed to then supersede yeah. those rules and they can go freely anywhere. So uh, he's one of those guys. Um, there are some other high major options as of in terms of being available right now. I know that uh, I don't think Illinois is going to be involved in Caleb Love, if anybody's wondering about that. Uh, Kirk Carriza, same. I think there was maybe a, a little bit of initial interest when he first hit the portal, like, oh, we played against him. He's yeah. pretty good, even though he's he's. we could talk about that in terms of he didn't finish the year all that strong, turnover rate. Played well at State Farm Center, I'll tell you that much. Very, very well. <laughs> very well. Uh, Primo Spears, I, w- I will say him from Georgetown, is, is someone high-volume scorer, uh, he was, he was pretty good at Georgetown last year. Uh, they put some feelers in on. What I'm ultimately getting at, I think there's going to be another wave of transfers. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're still going to be patient and and wait and see uh, if there's more in the portal that comes. And, and to be honest, like they've probably heard of some names that might become available. So uh, that's just the way this thing goes. And while I think they would, they would like Jameer Nelson Jr. a lot, and they are in on that one, Beyond that, especially in terms of mid-major point guard, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can target another one. All right, Kyle brings up a name that's not in the portal yet, but he uh, announced he's going to uh, enter the NBA draft. Holy Toledo! Derek, who is Illinois bringing in at point guard? And uh, somebody just asked about Ray J. Dennis, the Toledo point guard who just entered the draft. Um, the coach at Toledo made it sound like he's going to come back if he doesn't go in the draft, of course. That can all change. Yeah, Ray J. Dennis would make sense if he decides to enter the transfer portal, which he has not done yet. Ray J. Dennis is really good. Illinois native, played at Oswego East, I believe. Uh, Mac player of the year. Big-time player. And, yeah, I mean, to, to be declaring for the NBA draft, I don't see him on draft boards. Like, in terms of Vicini's top 100, I don't think he's on there. Not on mock drafts as far as ESPN and, and the athletic go. So, I read the comments uh, of his coach as far as getting the feedback, how that can be really important. And, yeah, we've seen that in the past where if even an Illinois guy goes and, and tests the waters when you expect them to come back. Yep. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm sure that – I mean, obviously, if he were to hit the portal, he'd have a ton of interest yep. and would, would be a highly coveted guy. Um, yeah, I, I'd, we'll see what he does. Yeah, I don't have a concern, Derek, that's like Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers are the point guards next year. Like, those are secondary ball handlers, but, like, they're going to land somebody that's good. Like, I, I am not – given Illinois' success, uh, success developing players here recently, um, their NIL operation, Illinois should be able to land a really good league guard or a capable yeah, league guard. 
Yeah, I mean, they got a great sell. As far as the opportunity, what they were able to do with, with Io in, in that type of role, Trent Frazier, I mean, Curbelo, when you look at his freshman year yeah. stats, and not that you need to go back to previous stops, but Bradwell was pretty good with Juwan Evans. I mean, when he's had a really good point guard, Illinois has been pretty darn good, or Brad Underwood's teams have been pretty darn good. So uh, I don't think that there's any issue with that. That's their prime focus in the portal. We saw what they were able to do when they said, hey, we want to go get some big-time wings, and went out and got Shannon and Meyer, and we know that NIL was a big factor there. I think that there will be the necessary NIL allocations for a big-time point guard, and um, I don't have any concerns about them connecting on that in terms of someone that's talented, someone that is a pure point that can pass and, and set some other guys up. I think they got a great sell and that's their, that's number one on their list. Shooting has got to be number two. Um, and any names that, that strike your fancy Derek, the Bryce Williams kid who Illinois reached out to him, according to a report, I think it was portal alert or something like that on Twitter. Uh, he makes a lot of sense. Average 13 points per game shot about 40% from three. Yeah. Sign me up for a guy like that. Yes, there's a lot of those. There's a handful of guys that they have reached out to that are you, you look up their catch and shoot numbers on synergy and then the ninety percent ninetieth percentile and they shoot forty percent from three and even have some size like a <laughs> fan me off. <laughs> Dalton Connect. Yeah. I mean if his last name's Connect, I'm I'm gonna say he's a pretty good three point shooter. Uh northern Colorado, although everybody in the country wants him. I know Kansas is listed in ball and Carolina. I've heard Duke likes him a lot. He's one of the top guys in the portal, but um, he's someone they love in terms of wish list. He's probably the top shooter that they would really like to get. Uh, Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame, someone that last year his efficiency numbers dropped a little bit, 34% from three. The previous year he was about 40%. I think he was 42% in ACC play. But he's been a 40-plus a percent guy on catch and shoot. Uh, someone that in the, in the tournament has experience of going off like in an Andrew Funk type of way, like seven threes against Alabama in a tournament game two years ago. Isn't it amazing He's every time you play somebody, you're like, why can't we have one of those guys? Illinois did yeah. have one of those guys, Alfonso Plummer, two years ago, by the way. They did. That's a good point. So I, I think Cormac Ryan is one of those. Uh, Nick Timberlake from Towson is another guy that's athletic and can also shoot it. If they uh, get Nick TJ Timberlake, Mama. I'm going to be ridiculous with my Justin Timberlake references, by the way. <laughs> that, that would be entertaining. I, I think that would be dun, fun. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I'll stop. Now, he's another guy that has a lot of interest, and I, I don't know that Illinois is, is as entrenched in that one. He's had a lot of in-home visits. I know that uh, Rick Pitino has been in for an in-home visit. I think that uh, Woodson, I think UNC, I have not seen Illinois be uh, in – with him quite yet tj bomba from washington state i know isaac trotter wrote about him recently yep. another one that uh spot up shooter i know he averaged 16 points a game and shot 37 38 from three in a high major conference sometimes with these transfers you wonder the old mark allstork who put up like 20 a game uh there at wright state then he transfers over to illinois and it's like oh there's a different level of competition someone that's proven in a high major conference is definitely appealing uh, I know that some of his off-the-dribble numbers not the best, but I think if you put him in a spot-up role, get a point guard, he's another one of those. Again, like there are a number of 40% three-point shooters, great catch-and-shoot guys with some size. That's a huge need. Dane Danger back. We have to find out what Coleman Hawkins is ultimately going to do. Ty Rogers, I still, you know, he can handle the ball, but defensively he's a front-court piece. 
Um, so this will be interesting what they do in the transfer portal. Like, as you mentioned, Shedrick from Virginia, long, athletic, great rim protector, um, you know, probably could play a 20-minute-a-game role in the Big Ten. And would Dane Danger be fine being the other 20 minutes? I don't know, but, like, that's a guy I'd be very, very interested in. So how do you expect them to, to approach the front court, Derek? Because if Coleman comes back, you might not need another piece. Maybe you take somebody that's young if Coleman decides to come back and have multiple years of eligibility. Uh, but if Coleman doesn't come back, they certainly have a hole to fill uh, in the front court. I think ideally they'd like some size. I mean, you, you look at Dane, 6'9". I think you would want someone that's maybe a little bit more of a, a shot blocker, rim protector type. And that the – the duality of Shedrick having some skill offensively, like his ability. I know that his jump shooting numbers weren't very good, but he showed that he could step out mid range, pick and pop a little bit. Uh, that's encouraging in terms of what you could possibly get out of him. Uh, he is someone also that he's athletic in terms of throwing him some lobs in the pick and roll uh, and dunker spot, like you drive and kick him in into that that side baseline that's that's something he can definitely do and then yeah uh, being able to to block shots at the rim dane six nine has that long wingspan but uh i think that that's something they would definitely look at you want a different piece yeah i think that's something that you they have have definitely looked at because uh peyton sparks guy that just transferred indiana uh, out of ball state illinois was involved with him last year and then again this year it was probably contingent on in terms of really pushing the gas if dane were to leave that would really make sense but He's kind of built similarly. Like he's more athletic than Dane in terms of like off the floor, that kind of stuff. But um, the, I think that they would like a six eleven seven footer. And if Coleman doesn't come back, they definitely want to stretch for. They definitely want someone that has the size but can play on the perimeter, shoot the three, handle a little bit, be maybe a switchable defender. I think that's something that they will really covet. But then it's tough because you got to wait it out like we'll see if Coleman gets invited to the combine which he probably will and if he waits it all the way through the end sometimes it's tough but then again remember similar to Meyer last year there'll be guys that are in the draft process that aren't in the portal yet that I know they'll have to do it before the combine actually happens but some might wait all the way till May then hit the portal and then you got some a new list of names that are available I, I remember I was out for a walk outside here I, w- I was going for a walk or a run or something and Matthew Meyer was May it was May when he committed. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this is going to take a while, most likely. All right, Derek, let's get to a few questions, and we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Illini fan says, can you touch on the takeaways on the team's culture? Hard to build culture if the only returning players are role players not expected to play key roles. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, that is tough. Uh, even a guy like Luke Goody, who was someone that Brad had talked a lot about, his, his vocal leadership, someone that – embodied a lot of, of what Brad likes. He, he hadn't played a whole lot. And you bring in someone like Matthew Meyer, who's far more proven. When you're when your most experienced and most proven guys are transfers, not to say you can't have that work out where they're leaders and they really grasp that and, and want that. Meyer didn't. Meyer didn't want to be that guy. Shannon did, at least that's what we heard. And then I don't know if he was quite the the same buildup as a leader as, as it played out. Now it's a new situation for him. And I think when you put someone in that type of a, of a transition, it can be harder to, to be that, that guy who's still trying to learn Brad Underwood, still trying to learn what it's about to play at Illinois and, and try to be the, the follow me guy. But 
Uh, so it's general, why I think it's why I think Coleman Hawkins returning would be massive. Uh, I, I yeah. think he's got some leadership to him. He'd be one of the best players on the team. I think he learned a lot about being a leader this year because he he put a lot on himself and at least liked that accountability to him. So people can get frustrated with the play sometimes, but I I think he's got that in him. And he's a guy who's stuck through stuff, right? I mean, he did not play a lot as a freshman. He got benched as a sophomore, as he should have, because he was struggling. And then he got through it uh, and became better for it. So that's another reason I think – Guys like him, Luke Goody, Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris. I'll throw RJ Melendez in there. I think he went through a Coleman like year. Like, I think that's important to, to bring those guys back and then add around them. But Derek, all these players said they liked each other. Um, but Coleman didn't mention the Sky Clark thing. I don't think he liked some of the drama of the younger players on this team, especially after what he had seen with Io and Trent and DeMonte where that stuff was just like tossed aside, right? And it just wasn't accepted. Um, yeah, they got they got to rebuild some of that. But I think most importantly, the on-court chemistry was bad because in January, the chemistry didn't look too big of a problem after Sky Clark left because they were winning games or beating some lower-tier Big Ten teams, and they looked like they were having fun, and then February hit. Yeah, I think that there is the truth to, like, off the court, these guys got along and, and had fun and, and, and liked each other. Um the on the court stuff, the collective buy-in. I think there were times where guys got a little too in their feelings about their own personal struggles yep. or interests or whatever that was. Uh, and then just like to continually have this team come out flat like that, that shows that there's some kind of disconnect. There's some kind of lack of leadership, yep. lack of, again, collective buy-in and, and really understanding what, what it takes to win and, and compete in the big 10 and, and to have it really matter to them. So uh, for Meyer not to be someone that, again, wanted to be a, a follow me, a, a type of, of leader. He wanted to kind of just do his thing and say, hey, I'm going to show up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work. I'm going to dive into analytics. I'm going to shoot threes. And, uh, but well, and I'll, very... I'll, put some, I'll put some of this on Terrence, too. I kept yeah. griping about why is he not aggressive early? Because yeah. it, it coincided with Illinois. Like when he was aggressive, they were good. And but it usually yeah. was second half. So like. He, I think he had some leadership qualities, but it just wasn't consistent enough. Yes, for sure. That, that's a, a great point too. And I mean, Terrence sometimes got a little, little frustrated. And yeah. not that you can't, you can't have that. You just there were some moments of like adversity, or Illinois would be on the wrong end of a long run, and and you'd wait and wonder, you know, who's gonna in the middle of a huddle really like get into his guy's face or really rally the troops. There, there weren't a lot of that other than Underwood. Yeah. So that, that said a lot to me. And I, I do think Coleman could definitely be that coming back. I think that Ty Rogers should be very comfortable and in, in embracing that role. Luke, if he's, especially if he's able to progress as a player and, and really, I, I thought he shot the well, the ball well down the stretch. And I think that he's really wants that role. Uh I'll mention, I think that Amani Hansberry is definitely a future leader. It's tough to do as a freshman. I just think he's a, I think he's a great culture guy. I think the fans are going to love him. The locker room's going to love him going forward. I think that's important. And that yep. goes back to who you recruit. Like, I think that's important for chemistry too. But kind of big pick, like the easy way to say it, don't have 90% of your roster turnover. Maybe if it's 50 or 60, you have some of those mainstays that can really carry on the culture and be the voices. I think that would help yeah. going forward. Agreed. Scott, bend that bill, DP. I think you can no. pull it off, Piper. I can't pull it off. It's a little it's a little curved. 
Yeah. Now, um, there are, you can't tell, but there are some like mashed potato stains. There's, there's like one here and there. Kay and just like throwing keep, it at you? Yeah. I like to keep my hats nice, but um, he, he goes crazy with the mashed potatoes and I'm holding them and he grabs the hat and I'm like, oh man. Mashed potatoes is better than that like terrible uh, toddler carrot stuff or peas or uh, whatever that is. Uh-huh. That would have been a hell of a lot worse. Uh, Tony right. said, what's up, boys? Greeting from Marco Island. Enjoy, Sounds man. Good. Did you figure out where you're going on vacation yet, you and Haley? I'm going to uh, Phoenix. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. All Early right. May. Yeah. Uh, and let's get to two more. Cubs fan. Good luck this year. Are you willing to call next year a prove-it year for Brad? Understand the program is back to being consistently solid, but top eight national play comes with high expectations, no sweet 16s in six seasons. Listen, there's there's pressure on Brad because of what happened against Loyola, right? There will continue to be that with the fan base, and I, I understand it. That was a real big disappointment. In the last two years, you get early exits as well. Um, I don't think Brad Underwood's on the hot seat at all. What he has done at Illinois is remarkable. That said, Derek, if they like don't make the tournament, yeah, we could talk about that after next year. But uh, I think they'll, I think they'll be good next year. I think they'll make an NCAA. It's just, that's been the expectation here, so until proven otherwise. But sure, there's pressure on a guy who hasn't gone to the Sweet 16. That exists. For sure, there is, and that's not going away. I don't think it's a sweet 16 or else type of year for Brad Underwood. We'll see what the roster ultimately looks like. But, yeah, you expect to make the tournament year in, year out. And and Brad would tell you that. I mean, Brad always has high expectations, and, and that's why they want to stack up the roster to make sure that they are contender each and every year. I, I ideally would like it if it was, again, like we talk about, can they get a multi-year transfer too? Can they keep – as I look forward, like – could this be a two-year window for Illinois? What I would say, Derek, I don't think you're – I think what you're hinting at is, like, show me something you can build on. Because this was yeah. not a season you could build on. Like, what Correct. did you build on this year? That's the disappointing part of it. Uh, now, Shannon and Hawkins come back. Maybe we can change that conversation a little True. bit. But you thought this year you'd make the tournament, have a chance to go farther, but you'd have Sky Clark or Jaden Epps and Ty Rogers and RJ Melendez. And you know what I mean? Like maybe Coleman Hawkins for a fourth year. We don't know of any of that. Like, are you, are you building on any of that moving forward? So that's what I think you want to see progress. You want to see a team that is a typical Brad Underwood team. This was not that kind of team. Um, and then can we build on it? Can we bring all those guys back and then have a, that year, maybe in two years, like, I don't want to throw out this year because right. I think you can still be good. And I don't think Brad Underwood is going to coach or build like that, but I I think that's what fans would really like to see. Yeah. And I hope we don't get rid of that in the portal and that it's not ever going to be, you build towards something. It's always going to be this year or else yeah. every year. And yes, if you bring back Terrence Shannon for another year and Coleman Hawkins for another year, then there's, then it is a, a prove it year in a little bit, I think. Because you're going to have the dudes. You're going to have the the carryover and the cohesion that you didn't have. I, I think that that's where Brad couldn't say, hey, we're the youngest team, one of the youngest teams in the country or we're one of the newest teams to each other in the country again. If you have what some of the limitations were last year, then there is that prove it sense, but not in the sense of his, his job being in jeopardy. I'm just thinking like two years from now, not, not to throw out next year either because I think they, they'll be talented. Like Ty Rogers is a junior. Yeah. If sincere, sincere is a junior, 
RJ, if he's still here, is a senior. Goody, you, you, senior. Goody is a senior. Like insert uh, point Dane, guard here. Uh, yeah, insert point guard here. Right. Like, insert point guard. Hansberry is a sophomore. Marez Johnson is a freshman. A, a shooter, if he was a multi-year guy, like that, that could really build towards more of a yeah. Next year could be good, but the following year could be great. I think that there's there's obviously been that throughout Illinois history. I think that that could be the case for Illinois, but. We'll really know once the roster comes together because there are so many possibilities for the way this can shake out. Yeah. Uh, Kale Bass, do you think the criticism of Brad, especially with the portal, is unfair? Listen, when you're a top 10, 15 paid coach and you don't get to a sweet 16, criticism is going to happen. Like, and and it, there is fair criticism. Like, we've talked about it. Like, the point guard thing blew up. We mentioned that was a big risk going into the season. Um, but I still think Brad Underwood's a good coach. I think he'll be able to get talent, and I'm really intrigued to see what he puts together uh, for this season. You went out and got impact players in Shannon and Meyer and Dane. I mean, there's not a ton to to fret about with who you ultimately landed. I mean, you can nitpick a little bit. Like, again, you, you get somebody from a national championship team, and, and you thought that maybe they would, they, they would be a little bit more of a leader. But if you don't have Matthew Meyer, don't go to the tournament. He was – when he was on, he was really, really good. There was a lull there in the middle of the Big Ten play when Shannon wasn't playing like he was earlier in the season. They're, they've been a big player out there. Now, it was kind of the towing of the line of, like, yeah, we want to go add transfers, but we're not going to add a transfer at point guard because of the guys we, we, we've brought in. So uh, I think they've done just fine in the portal, especially like you mentioned earlier. You throw in Alfonso Plummer the year before that. Jacob Grandison was a really good addition that paid off and was a long – a longer term type of a of a deal. So I don't have any problem with what they've been able to do in the portal, their appeal, their resources, that whole kind of kind of thing. And you have to go hit the portal these days. Yeah. You have to. Absolutely. I think we'll wrap it up. We went more in an hour there. There's so much to discuss, but we got to get ready for baseball as well. Thank you to the almost 400 people that are still with us here at this point. Uh, give us a like if you're watching on the YouTube channel. We love doing this stuff with you guys, getting some interaction, answering some of your questions. Can't answer them all right now, and it'll be fun to watch how Brad Underwood and all these uh, Illini coaches answer the roster questions moving forward. But thank you, everybody, for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned to IlliniInquire.com for the latest. Derek has been posting all his updates. Uh, football has been busy with spring football. I got a golf story coming up that uh, I had fun reporting out as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the Illini Inquire podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Everybody have a great day and take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast. Bye, everybody.